Good morning. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is July 17, 2017, to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 68, the last paragraph that begins with, Now About Sex. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Joanne L., The Twelve Traditions, Kathy F., and reading today's literature are Lisa B., Allison L., and Craig F. The share ID for Sunday, July 16, 2017, our special edition meeting is 10161. Again, 10161. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 steps for us. Joanne L., if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Oh, good morning. I'm so sorry. I'm speaking away here. Thank you, Santa, for your marvelous service today, Team Monday. I am Joanne L. from Rhode Island, Recovered. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable, Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service today. I pass. And thank you, Joanne L. I will now ask Kathy F. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Kathy F. from Massachusetts, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a great day. And thank you, Kathy F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 68, the last paragraph beginning with Now About Sex. We'll be reading through three paragraphs this morning ending, Not to be Despised or Loathed, and Comments on All. I will now ask Lisa B. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Now about sex. Many of us needed an overhauling there, but above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get way off the track. Here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes perhaps. One set of voices cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation. Then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it or that it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. One school would allow man no flavor for his fare and the other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. We want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. We can, what can we do about them? We reviewed our own conduct over the years past. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Whom had we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? We got this all down on paper and looked at it. In this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. We subjected each relation to this test. Was it selfish or not? We asked God to mold this test. We asked God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. <clears throat> wow. There's a lot there. Um, well, the big book is saying that everyone has sex problems. We all need to come to that conclusion on our own. And that word arbiter, I don't know if I'm saying it right, arbiter, I looked that up. It means a person who settles disputes or who has ultimate authority. So this, this wonderful book is telling me that I do not need to be, place myself in that position to determine, you know, who who is right and who is wrong. We all need to come to that conclusion on our own. So I need to look at my conduct. Um, do I feel guilty about my behavior, my beliefs? I need to look, try and look through the eyes of my higher power. I came to an understanding um, as, doing, as a result of doing this work of a, a sane and sound ideal um, and with the guidance of my higher power. And when I look that word up, sane, 
some synonyms mean um, balanced. I was definitely not balanced. I really confused sensuality with personality. And um, I confused sensuality and sexuality with intimacy and, I, and love. And I really hid behind it. Um, so there's a bunch of questions here that's telling me that I need to ask myself. And the questions are so important. How was I selfish? How was I dishonest? Was I inconsiderate? Did I hurt him or her? Did I arouse jealousy? Um, did I arouse suspicion and bitterness? Where was I at fault? What should I have done differently? Those last two questions are really important. They're going to help me set up my ideal. Also, I'm seeing here general patterns. Um, the other thing that really helped me to get clear on is that it's really about all relationships. It's about relationships with people. My whole life I was using people to fulfill my needs. You know, what, what I'm aiming for is the best possible relationship with others, past, present, and future. Who have I affected with my feminine powers? That could be family, friends. Um, you know, people who were affected by my conduct. Um, it could be people I fantasized about, um, losing myself in in fantasy. We're also going to learn about the three sex prayers that became relationship prayers for me in steps 10 and 11. Um, I ask God to mold my ideals. I look at this in light. You know, I can't see anything in dark and with shame. And, you know, what by sharing these things with my sponsor, you know, she shared with me her experience and she's, she shared with me that she's been there, done that. So I didn't feel so alone and so shameful. The other thing that's really important for me in this book is that it's telling me that it's a God-given power. It's not bad. It's neither to be used lightly or selfishly or as power. Um, so with that, I pass. And thank you, Lisa C. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Michael H. This is Larry. Kim G. Lauren N. Larry K. Kathy L. Lauren N. Kimberly F. Okay, this is who I have. I have Matt M. Katie G, Larry K, Lauren N, and Kathy F. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Composable over here from New Jersey. Yes, now about sex, you know. Um, I wasn't. Ha I didn't have many sex harms when I did my fourth step, you know, uh, as far as that. I was selfish a couple of times. But uh, it, also, it also goes to reacting, how you react to the opposite sex and what you've done, you know, how, how I... We used my superiority because I was male and other things like that towards women. And I was really, didn't realize that because I think of myself as a nice, kind human being. But I did a lot of things I wasn't proud of when I was in the food. And I had to realize also how I reacted to the, to the human race in general. So it's not just about sex relations as far as, uh, as far as it's a course. And I'm grateful just for today that I can realize my shortcomings and not beat myself up over them, but try to accept them for who I for who, what they are and, and to move past them and to let them let them go because, you know, I'm very good at beating myself up over things I've done in the past and, uh, you know, taking myself that 40 lashes out of myself every all the time. And um, I'm grateful that just for today I can let those things go because they're, they're, they, they're what I used to do, not what I do today. And I'm just grateful that I can move forward one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. 
And thank you, Matt M. And next we have is Katie G. Hey, Santa, may I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi, this is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, starting my timer. Well, we are on page 69, and we are in our overhauling on sex. So, guys, this is the reason I came in. This is the reason I ate and ate for years. And what is an overhauling? To look at every part of this. Um, So why is sex important? Well, it's going to tell us in a little while that if we are not sorry about our sex conduct, we're going to eat. And what are we really looking at? So I had somebody tell me once, well, you know, you had intimate relations with women and you're a sinner. That We don't do that here, right? Like we're not talking about that. We're not judging other people um, and saying you should and shouldn't in terms of your intimate relations. That is off the table, praise God. What we are looking at is selfishness. That's all this is coming down to, right? So all of the ways in which I used people, I used my sex powers to feel better about myself, to find that sense of ease and comfort. If you like me sexually, then maybe, you know, maybe I'm okay. It is being that codependent, getting my sense of self from you. It is being dishonest and manipulative. And if you're sitting there thinking, KDG, yeah, that's fine, but you've not done the things I've done. Trust me, I have done the things you've done. And the freedom that I got answering these questions about all of the sex relations, and you may be sitting there saying, I haven't had a a lot of sex relations. It's okay. We all have sex powers, whether you're out there having sex or not. You know, I had lists of people, you know, men who I, you know, I'm at work and I'm like, well, let me just flirt a little bit so this man can do what I want. That's selfish. That's hurtful. Um, The man that I dated who had kids who wasn't yet divorced, um, I got such freedom. The ways in which I used my sexual powers, things like masturbation, to hide from the world, my selfishness, my looking for a sense of ease and comfort and putting I needed everybody in the world to put me first. And that's all this is, right? And so I looked at my, my past, and then I wrote this beautiful ideal. God, who do you want me to be? Because guess what, guys? Sex is good. God gave it to us. Thank God, right? So I wrote this ideal. And for me, my sex ideal changes all the time. When I came in and wrote my first ideal, I wasn't married. Today I'm married. Um, and it's things like, I don't have a lot of relationships with men, not because I don't like men. I love you guys, but I'm a married woman and I need to have integrity and um, I have 18 seconds left and I just, it's how I behave. It's, you know, who I am as a daughter, who I am as a, as a sister, who I am as a married woman, you know, and what does that mean? And God can show us. So again, like all of this, um, I'll just close with this. It's about going from a selfish-centered manner to a God-centered, and sex is so important because it can, it can kill me. It will lead me back to the food time and time again, and the freedom we get is unbelievable. Hold on to your seats. I'm doing it one more day with you guys. All the best. Thank you, Katie. The next we have is Larry Kay. Hey, Santa, good morning. <clears throat> can you hear me okay? Yes, it's a little muffled. Okay. Oh, so sorry about that. I'm in the car. I'll do the best I can here. We can hear you. Timer. We hear you well. Okay, good, good, good. Thanks, Santa, for your service. So I'm Larry Kay. I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater um, from Chicago. The uh, I'm in. A, I'm not. I was never good at math. 
but I'm, I'm speaking to uh, one in five of the women who are on this line and one in 20 of the men. The statistics say you're like me. You're a victim of child sexual abuse. One in five of you women and one in 20 of you men. And the sex inventory is not necessarily about forgiveness. It's not about reconciliation. Rather, it's based on a premise that while we acknowledge and accept our anger, pain, sadness, if you're, you know, as a child, I, 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 didn't, I didn't set out to be sexually abused. Wasn't, wasn't promiscuous that day back in the third grade, I can assure you. But I was victimized nonetheless. And I can acknowledge the anger, the pain, the sadness for being victimized. But nonetheless, I cannot stay in that place of victimization. And I'm empowered by my creator to choose life over staying in that quicksand of victimization. See, the fourth step for a guy like me does not ask me to condone criminal actions or abandon kind of a quest for justice. No, it doesn't ask me to do those things. No, the fourth step allows me to see my part as merely allowing myself to stay in the place of perpetual victimization. That was my part in it. Because I was no longer in the third grade. You see, I was, I was then in the 10th grade, and then I graduated from college, and then I got married, and I stayed in that victimization place and I ate over it, and I would have died in this disease if not for the grace of God through these steps. See, the fourth step, I thought <laughs> I, was, I was sexually abused as a child. Of course I have sexual problems. Yep, 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 I got those. And I'll just stay right in this place, and I'll eat myself to death. And I won't have intimate friendships or intimate, let alone intimate relations. I am a victim. And, you know, God would give me the freedom to say, I will not accept one more day in this self-imposed prison of anger and self-hatred and fear. Nope. By the grace of God, I will no longer be a prisoner of food to quell the pain and other behaviors. If there is forgiveness, it's really more about becoming untethered from the hell of hatred and control. I didn't want to misconstrue the idea that to forgive is to condone the original behavior. Thank God for this, for this program, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry K. And next we'll have is Lauren N. Good morning. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone on the line. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. This is Lauren N. calling from New York. Sex. Oy. I have and still had and still and have had um, such angst about sex all my life. And all my life I've used it. I've used it to be a battle. I've used it to for selfish Um, selfish prospects and selfish desires. When I was in my teens, I used it to get boys to like me. And when I was married, I used it to get my husband to do things for me or to show up or to love me or to stay with me. 
Um, and I have never let myself be just be and just allow myself to love and to be loved and to realize that it's not about gaining something from someone. It's about just being intimate and allowing someone to get to know you and to allow myself to get to know myself. Sex is sex conduct, the way it's meant or the way the, the for me, the way this is about getting to know myself and allowing myself to be free of all those preconceived notions. And for today, I am going to continue to live happy, joyous, and free by by allowing myself to know my inner self and be intimate with me. And I love you all. Thank you all, Pam. And thank you, Lauren N. And the next we have is Kathy F. Good morning. Hi, this is Kathy F., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Um, when I got to this part of my fourth step, I, um, you know, said the prayers um, to allow God to let me look at the truth. And up until then, while I was working through all my other steps, every day I asked in my prayers to let God let me see the truth. And when I got to this part of the fourth step, I um, sat down and was writing my inventory and going through all the questions in the big book. And I just, the pen was going and the truth was flowing and I thought I was going to die. I was in such pain looking at the truth and I all I could think while I was writing it was man do I I need the top psychiatrist in the world to deal with me I am never going to be better I am so sick and I continued through it I ended up making some phone calls outreach phone calls as I got stuck to other recovered um, people on the line, and each person gave me a little glimmer of help that progressed me through it. So it was a Saturday afternoon, and I was writing. I thought I was going to die from pain looking at myself. I thought I'd never be able to continue in this program. I continued writing. I completed it, and that was a Saturday night. Sunday morning I woke up and I have never felt such joy and happiness in my life. I don't know what happened, but I moved through it and then God came in and just healed me and my recovery has never been better since that day. And
and it was looking at the truth, accepting it, and letting God take it from me. And then that morning, that next morning, I just felt this freedom that I've never felt. I felt like the food problem had been lifted. Um, And I sat down and wrote my sex ideal. And it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever written. And I'm not a writer. And what's happened since then is now I know the truth. And the truth is allowing me to walk through life with dignity and grace, not harm people as best as I can. But this process is unbelievable. And it is that. It's an inventory a fact-finding mission, and when we can look at it, although it may be painful, it's it's healing. And I just want to say, there's hope. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy S. And if you're just joining us, we are on page 68, reading the last paragraph. We read the last paragraph this morning. Now about sex. We read three three paragraphs this morning, ending with. Not to be despised or loathed, and comments on all. So we'll continue. Who would like to comment for approximately Ross Edwards? Nessa R. I didn't get any names. Harlan G. Harlan G. I heard Harlan. Michael H. I heard Michael H. Ross M. Mark I heard something. Roxanne. Nessa R. Beth B. Nessa R. Laura This is what I heard. Okay, this is what I heard. I'm sorry, guys. Let me just tell you who I heard so far, and then we'll see if we can get some more. I heard Holland G, Michael H, Russ M, Nessa R, and Riska A. And who did I miss? Okay. Okay, we'll begin with Holland G. Good morning, Holland. Good good morning, Santa. I'm Harlan G. I'm a compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you for all your service this morning, Santa, and thank you to Team Monday for making this meeting possible. When I got to this part of the fourth step, I was in my mid twenties and I said, Well, I don't have to do this. I've never had sex. I never I, have, I didn't go on my first date with a girl until I was 35 years of age. And I says, well, I don't have any sex powers, and I've never used them in the wrong way or anything like that. And my then sponsor, who unfortunately has passed away since, explained to me that I should shut up and take a look at my personal relationships and me- measure them up to this. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, this step is looking at sex as a way of manipulating people. He said, what did you, he said, the step is really not about who did you have sex with. It's about did you use your sex powers for something other than what they were intended for. He said, let's assume that God gave us sex for enjoyment and or, not and, not or, and or to reproduce ourselves. And if I'm using my God-given sex powers for something other than that, I'm probably using them in the wrong way. In other words, am I using my God-given sex powers to manipulate another person, 
Now, we all look at cheating as the most obvious, you know, penalty there. And I am a believer that this is something, you know, because this happened in my life, in my marriage. But the bottom line is, is that there's other things to look at. Did I use sex to hurt another person? Did I use my friendship? Did I use my God-given friendship to hurt another person? So I had to list those things. Did I use sex to manipulate? Did I use it to hurt, harm another person? And these were the things that I had to look at. And so even though I had never had sex at that point in my life, even though I had never been on a date, I was not to go on my date for a, my first date with a girl for about 10 more years, which if I would have known then, I would have jumped out the window. But the bottom line is he had me look at my personal relationships in a way that measured up against this. And I also had to do my sexual ideal. And that doesn't mean I want a, a brunette, I want a blonde, I want, no, no, no. What that means is what did I learn, what did I learn out of my life that will prepare me for a sane future sex life. And this is an area where we hurt each other quite a bit. So this is something that really bears looking at. And this is something that can be quite sensitive. And that's why I need a good sponsor to walk me through this stuff because it's extremely important that this be done and that it be done thoroughly and honestly. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Harlan G. And next we have is Michael H. Good morning. Michael H., if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Or is it Michelle H.? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. May I be heard now? Yes. I can hear you. Awesome. Great, great. Thank you. Thanks for your service. Thank you for everyone who makes this meeting possible. I just want to plug in. This is Michael H. from the great state of Illinois, recovered um, compulsive overeater. And this is really powerful for me, powerful stuff. It says most of us, most of us need an overhauling, and, and I'm certainly one of those most. Um, we all have the problems, these problems. In 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 the in this area of sex powers, and we'd hardly be human um, if we didn't. And this this is a perfect example for me uh, of self will run riot. Um, and if, if I, honestly, I've like like many have uh, damaged a lot of relationships. I've hurt a lot of people in this area. And if someone would have told me earlier in my life, in my 20s, perhaps, that the answer to all my problems, including these problems, were in this program, this 12-step practical program of action, that that I could get the freedom that I've gotten in this area as well as my compulsive eating, I would have, I would have signed up you know, 30 years ago, quite frankly. Um, the problem, obviously, is my selfishness. And what is the, what, the question is, what can we do about that? And for me, it was to work this program, to ask God for help, to downsize my ego, to understand 
that my way isn't going to work. It never has in just about any area of my life. So we uh, proceeded to clean up the past and asked him to mold my ideals and live up to them, which is really, to me, praying for the knowledge of his will for us and asking for the power to carry that out. And when I did that in this area, as well as the other areas we've talked about, my life has changed. I'm able to be free. Untethered, it said, from the mess that I made of my life. This is this is a big area of of the trouble for me. This is a big area of the of the calamity that I needed serenity because of the past, because of the destruction that that I went through or that I caused rather going through life in relationships. And uh, I can't say enough about how this has changed me, how it's changed relationships, how I've been able to mend many. I haven't done it, but God has done it. Many relationships that really were dead, that they've, they've been revived. Not all of them, but many. And I'm just so grateful that the gratitude and the freedom that have been a result of working these steps and being in this fellowship is beyond beyond belief. And with that, I will pass. And thank you, Michael H. And next we have is Russ M. Russ, if you're speaking, we do not hear you. All right. Good morning. Sorry about that. We hear you. Uh, Russ M. Compulsive Overeater outside of Philadelphia. Santa, thank you very much for your service. And I guess every time we pick the big book up, you say, hey, that's my chapter. Um, as was alluded to earlier, I'm, I'm one of one in 20. And I was, I was abused as a kid and, um, Definitely ate over it. Definitely ate over it. And um, I victimized myself, you know. As many times as I forgave, you know, I still used it as a crush to eat, to treat people wrong, to just get my way, be nasty. And it's funny. You know, I'm a little little emotional here with this. That, uh, you know, the answers in this book, I wish I knew earlier, but I know now and I'm good for it. And, you know, I went through the inventory and sure it was painful. But as I go through the program, I'm going to do the inventory over because I know I miss some people and I miss some things that I did. And it's so great and it's such a blessing that this program was given to us so long ago, you know, and that we can cope with life. And we don't have to be selfish, and we don't have to be for me, 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 me all the time. Because that's what I, I still struggle with it. You know, it's a process. But I'm being aware of it, and I'm working through it. I'm working through the steps. And it's given me freedom because, you know, at seven years old, when these things happened to me, I felt my life was stolen from me. But it's not. It's not. It just was a blip. It was a blip in the, in the road. And because of this program, you know, it's like I'm, getting my life back, you know, and I'm just so grateful, I'm so grateful, you know, 
And I'm grateful for everybody on the line. And I just want to share today, I celebrate six months of accidents. And if it wasn't for this meeting and, and this program, I wouldn't be able to get there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll pass. And thank you, Russ M. And congratulations to you. And next we will have Nessa R. Hi, good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R. I recovered from positive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So I, I strongly believe that um, the fellowship is not a replacement for, um, for the steps. And the proof of that is that at the beginning of AA's history, there was no fellowship, and yet you know, people recovered, and they recovered because they worked the steps. But I do believe that the fellowship is a very important support for us as we work the steps. And nowhere is that more evident and poignant than um, when we're talking about sex. Because, you know, this is an area of our lives where we feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Um, we feel a lot of remorse. Um, we feel like we're scum of the earth. And yet we discuss it with a fellow, whether it's a sponsor or just a, a body in program, and we feel their um, love and their sympathy, even, even when there's no empathy, even if we haven't experienced the exact same things, there is no judgment base um, there. You know, there's, there's, there's no fear that we're going to be judged, that we're going to be, um, you know, cast aside as, as, as uh, I don't know, uh, weird or uh, bad in any way. And I just, I just think it's such a, such a beautiful, um, safe environment for us to clean up um, this very um, difficult area of our lives. I mean, you know, even with the resentments and the fears, I mean, some of them um, can be pretty, pretty heavy duty and we can feel pretty bad about them. And, you know, um, unless we can feel safe um, in sharing them with somebody, uh, we're not really going to get them out in the open and that's going to hinder our recovery. And so I think this is a beautiful example of how fellowship supports the steps. And I'm just so grateful for that. You know, like I, I've never made a phone call to a body or a, or a sponsor where I felt any apprehension whatsoever um, in sharing anything that was going in my mind, no matter how serious or how stupid or how petty. And when we're dealing about sex, that becomes even much more important. And so I am grateful for the structure that we have here supporting us. And um, with that, I pass. And thank you, Nessa R. And next we have is Rivka A. Rivka, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Hello, my name is Rivka A. I am a recovered compulsive overreader, and thank you so much for your service. I have, um, you know, there's so many different experiences of um, sex conduct from my past, um, manipulative in, in subtle ways, um, not one of those, uh, not, not a person that went around looking to jump in the hay with everybody. Not that kind of thing I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about material. I'm talking about being possessive of people in order to get material things, um, using uh, people-pleasing tactics, um, hidden agendas of uh, scheduling to pick out certain people that, hey, I know I can get um, a couple of, couple of, back when, when I was a teenager, uh, uh, an ice cream from, from a certain person who was homely. <laughs> I say homely. I was picking on the homely guys, you know, in order to uh, buy me an ice cream, you know, at school, that kind of stuff. You know, um, just being manipulative and inconsiderate, very thoughtless. I didn't care how they felt. I was interested in my own selfishness, what I'm going to get that's going to make me feel better. That was my ambition. That was my aim. That was my course of life. And it didn't matter how I affected others. And little did I know that my attitude about people, uh, you know, just using and uh, trying to get what I can get from individuals was uh, not healthy. I was not into uh, healthy relationships because of that. My whole attitude and ambition in life was uh, to get what I want and, you know, (laughs) I don't care. How, how things turn out at the end. But this program has turned me around. You know, there had, there had to be, first of all, a problem going on inside of me first. I was not having a good relationship with myself to begin with, and I learned that through uh, a process of, you know, being the type of lifestyle that I was brought up in, and I carried it on because I was acting on my resentment that I had uh, developed over time the resentment and fear. And, to, and to, to comfort myself, I was looking for individuals or things or gadgets, whatever it was that was going to make me feel better. This program has given me direction, a new direction, a new way of living, a new way of thinking, uh, change my attitude, change my behaviors, a change of my life a willingness to do this work because the only way I can get recovery is to do the steps. It's not going to happen just by coming into a meeting. Can't you remind it only happens. Recovery, thank you, I hear you. Recovery happens when I initially admit, you know, that I am powerless, come to believe in that power greater than myself, made a decision to turn my will, my life over, and then do the action. Do this writing and follow it all the way through. The destination is the journey. Thank you for listening. This is Rivka A. And thank you, Rivka A. We have time for about two or three more shares who would like to comment. Kim G. Mark Lori T. Laura G. And Al Grenet. Margaret. Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Okay. We have Kim G, Margaret, and Laura G. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, we went over the resentments, and we have this prayer. We have this sick man's prayer. We, we, we go over the fears, and we have this fear prayer. And, 
Now we're going into sex conduct, and we're going to have three prayers. We heard the first one today, that we ask God to help us mold our ideals. Relationships are challenging. But I have to tell you, when I utilized these prayers, I had to look at what was the, what was the big book trying to teach me. So when I first read, we asked God to mold my ideals, I mean, I thought that was easy. See, I want him to be over six feet. I want him to have blonde hair. I want him, blonde hair, yeah, blonde hair, blue eyes, and look like, kind of like a surfer dude. But that's not what it's asking me. When it's saying mold my ideal, not what kind of boyfriend do I want, but what kind of girlfriend do I want to be? Who do I want to be in this relationship? And that's what I'm asking God into. And I just want to kind of go on the other side of the steps right now, because when I get through the sex conduct portion and I become recovered, to me, these, this inventory now becomes a relationship inventory. It's a relationship inventory in general. So when I look at my ideals and I look at my mother, I'm not asking what type of mother she needs to be. I'm asking what type of daughter do I need to be. And relationships are fluid, so I need to update these ideals. You know, my youngest brother, Scott, is learning disabled, and I have an ideal who I am as his big sister. But back in November, he got hired at my job. So now I, have, I had to create a new ideal. Who am I as a coworker to my brother versus just as a sister to my brother? And I'm going to jump ahead again, too. In step 11, at that nightly review, we're asked two questions. We're asked, what could I have done better, and what corrective measures should be taken? And to me, that's where these relationship prayers come in. If I have an ideal of who I am as a daughter, who I am as a, if you're married, a wife, or who I am as a, as a coworker or as an employee or a member of my community, I ask myself, what could I have done better? How could I have worked towards that ideal? What corrective measures do I need to do in order to work towards that ideal? Let me tell you, that has changed my life. It's been a northern star to have these ideals in my life of who God wants me to be in all relationships in my life. And it gives me something to work towards. So I just wanted to bring that out. This is, let's get, I think sometimes we get really caught up in quote-unquote sex. But this is about relationships. Relationships are challenging. We have prayers. We have ways to ask God in. And we have ideals that we can create with our higher power that is individual to each of us. And how can we work towards them so that we can be in communion with the community around us and with our higher power. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. And next we have is Margot X. Margot, please tell me your name again. I apologize. Yes, that's Margaret from North Carolina. Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Go right ahead, please. Um, I just want to say that this is the only part of the big book that I disagree with. And uh, just to get background, I was extremely abused in every way as a young child, extremely. But when I became an adult, I had choices. And when I became married, I had a wonderful sex life. But then when I found out I was suddenly single, I was in a predicament. So I prayed to my higher power for the gift of singleness. And so today, I have no sex life. I have the gift of singleness. and um, But I work with that prayer by not watching R-rated shows or anything that would stimulate that. But I have no problems with sex. 
And also, I'd like to say with my relationships, um, as an adult and now in OA, if there's any kind of um, disagreement or any kind of even a subtle um, agitation, I do a 10-step immediately. And I don't look at the fault of the other person. I go, where is my part in this? And usually I write a letter to God and tell him what I'm going to do to fix my side of the sidewalk. So I just want to say with this is the only place I disagree with the big book. You can have peace with sex, and you can have no problem with it if you let your higher power be your guide. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Margo, Margo Ed. And last we have is Laura G. Good morning. Uh, good morning, it's Dr. Lori T. Lori T. Yes, thank you. Um, I really appreciate this meeting. I I thought I didn't have an awful lot going on, and I have just finished mine this past week, so I'm working on my my amends actually today, writing them out. But I realized actually during this. Um, meeting, what I did, um, and I wanted to share this because um, I think it's important for me to say it and maybe maybe someone else has it, but what I did in my early 20s um, to try to keep a boyfriend, I began to watch um, pornography, and I thought that I would become a better partner through watching it, and then what I found was I was able to isolate myself um, to get some of my some of my sexual needs met, and some people said some things that really made me think of that I didn't put this on my inventory; it just came up now. And I remember I had this. I, me first, I got I had the darkest, most empty feeling, and I did I did believe I started to develop an addiction to it, and I stopped watching it. But I have not even revisited those thoughts until this meeting right here today. And this is why I love this program because it helps me really find what has been going on in my life and how can I, one, not eat over those things and how can I correct those things and get them in alignment with my higher power. And I see um, so much that I can talk with my sponsor about that and I will, but I'm so very grateful for this meeting and having a place where I can think about that and talk about that and other people's experiences um, help me in getting to myself. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for that, and I wanted to um, let anybody know who is struggling with that um, that there is hope for the 12 steps. Thank you so much. I'll pass. And thank you, Lori T. We have a minute remaining. Oh, no, time is up. It's now 7.55. Okay, thank you everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Zone, meeting is 10162. Again, 10162, Monday, July 17th. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Allison L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I will. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.